Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Hallelujah. Let's jump into uh, scripture, shall we? Let's jump into Acts chapter 3. We're going to uh, start here right at the beginning. We're going to talk about Peter and John here in a beggar. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking taking the man by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Pause there. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen about this? How cool is God in operating through Peter and John such as this? Amazing, isn't it? The thing is, is is Peter and John, there's a couple characteristics we want to remember here. First, the man had a need. There was a genuine need. And the man had a genuine need. Now, he, uh, he didn't ask for healing. He was asking for, for money because he thought he was stuck with his handicap forever. So he didn't ask for a need. Peter and John knew who they were. They were uh, appointed by Christ. They were called by Christ, appointed by Christ, empowered by God to go forward for his purpose, for his kingdom, for, for his, to labor according to his will. We know as we read about Peter and John in Scripture, we know that these were men who didn't, were not part-time Christians They weren't convenience Christians. They were Christians who walked with purpose, and their purpose was defined by God. They were Christians who walked um, in discipline because they strove to always honor God in everything out of their words, their actions. They were men who were uh, under submission. How do we know they were under submission? Because, you know, Peter and John were the early leaders of the church because they were submitted to Christ. For nearly three years, they walked in total submission to Christ, doing uh, what he said. While Christ walked here in the flesh, while Jesus walked as a man on this world, they were in total submission to him. And that submission continued on after his crucifixion, where they submitted to him in spirit. So they were men under submission. They were men who walked in purpose. 
They were men who knew that they were filled with the power God had filled them with through the Holy Spirit. So they knew that same power that raised Jesus from the grave, that raised Lazarus from the grave, that healed people, uh, crippled people, that that raised sight back to blind people, uh, uh, that healed the mute and the deaf, that took the leprous and cleaned them, that parted the Red Sea, that turned away entire armies, that rescued Daniel from the lion's den, that rescued the three from the fiery furnace. The same power was with them. It was within them. It flowed through them. They knew this. These were men who walked in courage. How? Why did they walk in courage? Because of the surety of who they were. They found their identity in Christ. They found their power through, through Christ. And they walked in this. So they could walk in it with confidence. And out of this came courage. So Peter wasn't timid when he said to the man, look at me. He issued a command. He says, look at us! Exclamation point. The man gave them his undivided attention. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I, give, what I do have, I give you. Peter was saying, what you're asking for, I don't have. But I have something that you desire, and I'm about to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How do we know that, that Peter wasn't hesitant and was courageous in his declaration, in his exercising of God's promises in his life? Because Peter reached out his hand to pull the man up. And when he began to pull the man up, that's when the man's ankles and legs became strong. They didn't become strong while the man was sitting there. Peter didn't wait for him to become strong, then celebrate. Peter reached out with purpose and intent and jerked him to his feet, and that's when he became healed. Now, we, in the contemporary church, we have had a teaching it comes from the Bible, given to us with a false understanding of its meaning, adopted as a, a falsehood, a false theology. Now I want you to understand something. Well, let's just jump into it. In verse, chapter 26 of the Gospel of Matthew, and we're going to jump into this. Down here, and, and, and Jesus is going into the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says to his disciples, he says to his disciples, sit here, I'm reading from the King James, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And, then, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death, tarry, here, tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless not as I will, but as thou wilt, or not my will, but your will be done. This is true. We know it's true. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. But it's the context of its usage in which we have redefined. Jesus was not doubting 
God's way. This wasn't a declaration of, I don't know what you want me to do. This wasn't a begging, oh God, please find a different way, please, please, please. This wasn't, I hope that you find a way to dismiss this and I don't have to go through this. None of this. Jesus knew exactly what needed to happen, what needed to transpire. This wasn't a declaration of, can I get out of this? Can you change your mind? I don't know what you want to do, Father. This was a declaration of, I know exactly what you want to do, God. I know exactly what you want to do. This was a declaration of, I know exactly who I am. I wish there was a different way, but I know there isn't a different way. And I want you to know, God, that I'm not going to to waffle. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to lay down. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to do what needs to be done, oh God, because you said this is what needs to be done. Therefore, I will do it. I'm not going to doubt you. This was a statement of confidence in the midst of a great sorrow. This wasn't weakness. This wasn't unsurety. And yet we have taken this and applied it to our own prayers so that we can have prayers filled with unfaith, so that we can have prayers that doubt, so that we can walk and feel justified. First, I want to refer back here to Acts as our example. We have an open line of communication with God. How do we know this? Because the Spirit of God dwells in you. If you are a believer, if you're saved by grace, if you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you have the Spirit of God in you because God has said that he would give us his his Spirit, this Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to seal us, to mark us as his. And it is that same power that was in Christ that raised, grows Christ from the tomb that dwells in every believer. It is the Holy Spirit. It's in you. You have a direct line to God. So I teach this all the time. When you're praying for people in their sickness and their weakness and their troubles, ask God how you want how he wants you to pray. Go ahead and get everything off your chest, but ask God and shut up and listen. You need to know what your marching orders are. Peter and John, they knew what their marching orders were. They knew what they could do. They knew what they, they were commanded to do, and they walked in it. So once you have your marching orders, you walk in it with boldness and courage, not doubt, confidence. Faith isn't knowing, uh, isn't hoping for what is unseen. Faith is knowing what is unseen. Walk in faith. We will say, oh God, this person is so sick, oh God, and I'm, I'm crying, and in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to be gone, but not my will, your will be done. What is that? Where's your confidence? Where's your faith? If you don't feel like God's going to do it, then don't say it. Don't command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. And in the same breath say, I don't know if it'll happen. That person, they need you to be confident in your prayers with God. 
God wants you. He's giving you the authority to be confident. You have authority. You've been commissioned. You've been called. Walk in it. Don't waffle in it. If you're unsure, keep your mouth shut. Let's begin to follow the example of who we are. Let's learn who Jesus was as a man. And let's see the commitment, the passion, and the commissioning of those who he has called and commissioned. Be blessed and be the blessing. Hallelujah.